Wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, and it is here on this very podcast each and every Thursday. Me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Um... I'm very excited. Comic-Con's tomorrow. Yeah. Yay. Uh, which I'll talk about later uh, what I might be able to get to play. Ooh. Ooh. I'm very, very excited. Very shocking. Yeah. PlayStation's actually at Comic-Con. What? For the first time in such a very long time. Yeah. So I'm stoked. That's awesome. That's awesome. I am, if you guys haven't heard or noticed already, I have a sinus infection. It's getting awful. It's literally two days before my birthday. I shouldn't I shouldn't have a sinus infection Two days before my, it should be illegal, so you're gonna hear me maybe cough to, and maybe blow my nose if I didn't find Joe, the right edit. The amount of times I've come on here sick and coughing, you're allowed one. All right, that's you're allowed. You know one. what? That is fair. That is fair. Yeah. So with that, we have a very, very special guest with us tonight, and that is Mr. Steve Tilly. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Joe? How are you, Kyle? I am super. I'm super great. stoked to be here. For real. Man, okay, so here's, here's the, here's the exactly. deal, Steve. I, I late one night, I get a message from our good friend Sean Capri, and he's just <laughs> like, I may know someone who has played The Last of Us Part <gasps> 2. You need to be on, he needs to be on your show. And I was just like, yes, but I'm nervous. Because <laughs> yeah. he, no he gave me the laundry list of stuff that you have been on, been a part of, and are doing right now. And I was like, well, I'm a no. Oh, Steve, dude, gonna, come on. Steve's just going to toss me out. He's going to spit on me. Do I have I, Do I have an like, amazing podcast with an amazing Kyle? No. I am nothing. That's true. That's I, true. I, I, I kneel well, at your feet. What do you have, Steve? What, 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 do, what do you do? I have? Why what should do our audience do? get pumped? You know, I, my, my yeah. parents ask me that all the time. No, I am, uh, I've been <laughs> working. I've been writing about video games and talking about video games for probably, oh, man, I don't want to date myself, but probably like 20 years now. Like the Ooh. first time I got paid to write something about a video game would have been like around 1999. So, yeah, wow. yeah, 20 years. And I was formerly a newspaper journalist. I worked as a news reporter. I worked as an entertainment reporter. I worked as a tech reporter. And I kind of pulled all those things together while I was working as an entertainment reporter at the Toronto Sun here in beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And Ooh. made gaming part of our entertainment coverage. And I always thought it was kind of cool that a major mainstream newspaper was treating games on the same level as like movies and TV shows yeah. like yeah. We would have section covers about games and, you know, just really cool to see games treated seriously. So that's what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, I was also on a TV show called Reviews on the Run, which is how I met the beautiful Sean Capri and his beautiful wife. And uh, They are beautiful. They are beautiful. Just they're just right great there. people. <laughs> and they are, like, they are, like, physically beautiful. Like, yeah. You know, well, Sean, I could stare. Just, I have several pictures of him. I just stare. He's got the yeah, devious yeah. eyes. Yeah, he does. So now, yeah. nowadays, what I mostly do is uh, I do some game content writing for a very large, well-known tech company that I technically can't contractually mention on the podcast. Okay, that's fine. You know what it is. And uh, I do game consulting as well. So with that, uh, yeah. companies will come and bring me early versions of their games. 
I play him and I say, here's what critics are going to say, because I kind of have been in the mind of a critic for so many years. So, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Well, do you do you remember that first game you wrote about, Steve? One of the first games I wrote about was for the Electric Playground website, which I, I ironically would go then go on to work for one of their TV shows many years later. It was uh, Samba de Amigo for the Dreamcast. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. I remember um, that game. So that was like, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. There was probably some stuff before that. That's when I really remember because I was so proud of that review. And then I went on from there and I did a whole bunch of uh, freelance work for official Xbox magazine and, uh, and PlayStation, the official magazine, not official PlayStation magazine, PlayStation, the yeah. official magazine. Completely different. <laughs> and yeah, man, I've just been bouncing all around. It's been kind of a, a good career. I got no complaints. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, we have a monumental episode because this... We only have three stories to talk about this week, <laughs> but they're all humongous. We have yeah. Sean Layden departing PlayStation. Crazy. We have PlayStation Now Amazing. getting a price reduction cut in half. And then you can listen to Kratos yelling boy on a PC now. <laughs> what? Right? And we're going to have PS4 crossplay. It's been enabled. But before we get into all of that, there's a little segment we like to have called what you've been playing now steve i'll leave yours to the very end i got a question for you though kyle yeah what have you been playing my friend so a uh, bunch of borderlands and as of two hours ago of this recording i have completed the main story same of here, borderlands man. 3 same here um guys I I, I I i enjoyed my time okay i think it's a pretty good game uh besides all the crap that's going on outside of the game with mm. gearboxes especially um but like I, I enjoyed the guns I was getting late game. It still felt great to just shoot and loot and just. Uh, I still think the side missions have the strongest stories there. Yeah. Although I did think the main story got stronger towards the end a little bit for me personally. Um, I liked the little tie-in at the end. I don't want to spoil anything yes. with another character. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a great deal. Um, and just looking at what the end game looks like, there's a lot of stuff to still do yeah. and to entice you to keep keep going, which I, I really, really love. Yeah, I'm I just beat it as well. So like as a Borderlands fan that you are, mm-hmm. are you happy with what you got at the end of that story? Are you like looking back going, and I'm a little disappointed. There should have been a little bit more. I don't like how something or some things played out. What were your thoughts as a huge Borderlands fan? I know you are. Yeah, I think um, I think if the if the villains Tyrene and Troy were closer to handsome Jack levels, I think I would have been a little bit more excited mm-hmm. about this ending. But because they were a little bit of, uh, on the weaker side of things, um, I think it was a fine ending. Yeah, uh, I, I think it could have been better if they were written better. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I still loved it. I, I, it's fantastic, although. The cheesy song at the end was was like yeah yeah that was... <laughs> real took me out of it and even some of the cutscenes like mm-hmm. the camera work I don't know about you Joe but oh, it was just all yeah. over the place and it just ruined those scenes. The things that were taking me out of the story at the end was the fact that like these cutscenes happened and your character's not in any of them. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. oh I just defeated this huge boss. Don't worry about anything. Don't show my character what I'm yeah. feeling or my character should be <laughs> feeling. That was. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. I feel like if that's been a Borderlands thing though, and two that happened and I as th- well. I think that just needs it needs to cut it the fuck sure. out. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but when it comes to like the villains, I feel like if they just focused on one and not two of them, 
think would have been a lot better. Because sure. Troy really annoyed me. He was just an annoying character. Yeah. Tyrene, towards the end, her character gets built up more. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a twist that I, I actually didn't see coming. I was like, whoa. Yo. This is good writing. Spoilers. When did this happen? No spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah. But I'm just like, well, all right. Cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. And so. I, yeah. I, I think if that strong, that strong ending in that little section there was spread out just a little bit more. Yeah. Or, or more of the echologs that you collected get a little bit more into it, which there are some, if you find them, gets into a little bit more of their backstory. But I think there needed to be more there. Yeah. They couldn't just keep popping on up and just doing the whole yeah. streamer shtick. And, and it does give you a really good thing when it comes to, like, those echoes. Because, like, if, you're, if you want more of the side story and, like, what's really happening, pick those up. Because sure. you'll get yeah. foreshadows and you'll get some hints along the way and, like, actual character building that, like... Makes the game yeah. so much better. So like a lot of really cool where the Borderlands two characters mm-hmm. are at now too. If you if mm-hmm. you pick up certain ones, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I enjoyed my time with it. I thought the gunplay was great. Mm-hmm. I felt like it. We could have chopped some of the some of the beats out. And we could have made sure. this. We trimmed it down and made it a little bit shorter, a little tighter experience. But nonetheless, yeah. I enjoyed it. I plan on going back. Yeah. I know we just talked before. We're, yeah. we're we're gonna platinum this thing. Yeah, Maybe I got better. three trophies left. Oh my god, I have so I much more. I have so yeah. many side missions, but they're hard trophies. Okay, okay, they're yeah. they're annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that though, that's that's gonna wrap up our Borderlands talk. No more Borderlands from here on out. You promise me, Kyle? Promise. Okay. With that, Steve, here's where we get to the first big juicy bit and now we're going to be talking about your hands-on experience with last of us part two you had how many hours two and a half about two and a half yeah close to three i was one of the last ones to finish the demo they're kind of like packing up all the stations around me while i still play (laughs) because i'm thorough not necessarily because i'm bad but i'm just thorough right Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. well, that's why like I've been contemplating like oh should I do like a Last of Us stream? But I am thorough. Like I I check everything. And I'm just like exactly. people will be bored. People will, like mm-hmm. be like why is this guy just crouch for like thirty <laughs> minutes? But yeah, before we get into it, if you guys want to stay blind and you don't want to hear a gosh dang thing about you know the Last of Us Part Two, that is fine. I'll put a link in the description where we can skip and talk about all the story or sorry all the news stories we got for you this week but with that steve walking into this where are you as a last of us fan are you a newcomer to the series have you fell in love with it like so many other people have where where do you fall? um i'd actually never heard of the game before this no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i finished my third playthrough of the last of us uh this week okay. um played it on ps3 I actually played it twice on PS3, and then I played the the, oh, re, wow. the remaster. I actually started the remaster, but somehow I never finished it. I got about three quarters of the way through, and yeah. then I went back to it this week because I knew I was going to the event. I wanted to re-familiarize myself with the controls and you know the the visuals, so I went back to remastered. And it's like the kind of game you can't just play for half. Like I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play for half an hour and just like get used to controls again. No, you can't do yeah. that. You gotta you gotta no. see what's gonna happen next. I mean, I know what's happening next, but it's the kind of game is it's, you can't a, it's let a go. game yeah. where. Yeah, you gotta engross yourself. So you're a big fan. Big fan. No one completes a game three times without big actually fan. really I've, liking I've it. I played. Uh, yeah. yeah, I played the, the Left Behind DLC. I read the uh, the comics. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all in, all in on the last of us. So so you're hyped walking in. Yeah, you know what? It's kind of funny because I don't go to a lot of gaming events these days. I'm so busy with other yeah. work. Um, but when Sony reached out and said, "Yo, we can bring down you know um, 
a couple Canadian journalists for this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in on this. I'm not in on everything, but I I desperately want to go hands-on mm-hmm. with this game. And I want to talk to the Naughty Dog guys, and I want to see... I want to like get a sense of what this game's going to be about. Because all we've seen so far are the uh, the sort of gameplay demo trailer thing from E3 last year, and then the other the other yeah. trailers before that. See so here's the difference now, walking <laughs> into this. Talk about gameplay demos and whatnot. You're playing as Ellie, right? We're switching the yep. protagonist around. How does it feel playing, first off, someone else? You know, spoiler alert for The Last of Us, first one, you do play as Ellie for a level, <laughs> right. but this is in-depth Ellie. How does Ellie feel yeah. as the main protagonist? Yeah, that's kind of part of the reason I went back to the first game is because I wanted to replay the Ellie section of the first game, and I wanted to replay the DLC, which is all Ellie as well. And it's funny how even though you're playing the same character, um, They've really made Ellie, like Ellie in The Last of Us Part 1 still feels a lot like Joel. Like she's got a few unique quirks. But yeah. Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2, she's definitely more, she's she's faster. She's more agile. It doesn't feel mm. like you're like speeding around. Like it's not twitchy. It's, it's still very much the deliberate kind of slow-paced gameplay. But you feel right. like you're playing a younger character. You feel like you're playing a character who has got more like kind of like physical energy than Joel did. Not to take anything away from Joel. I mean, for a guy yeah, in his like, yeah. you know, she's a bit more spry. Exactly. She's a right? young one. She's like nineteen. Yeah. She's a she's a spry yeah. gal. So how how does the gameplay options um uh does the control scheme still feel like a little bit like overly complex? Like are we struggling to create a Molotov mid fight <laughs> or have they have they kind of nailed that down as to like how you navigate in and Fight. Yeah, that was kind of one of my big questions was, were they going to totally redo the control scheme? And people will be either happy or sad to know the controls are virtually identical to the first game. Okay. Uh, okay. The only new things are if you tap the sprint button, which is uh, L1, I think by default, it's a dodge move, which is mm. really opens up hand-to-hand combat. Like Hand-to-hand combat is actually a viable option in this game. It's not like a kind of a last resort. And it's not sort of something you have to do from a stealth position, if you catch somebody one-on-one, um, hand-to-hand, you have a chance. If you've, got a, if you've got a melee weapon, you've got a good chance of beating them because you can dodge their attacks and swing as a yeah. counter. And it really opens up kind of hand-to-hand stuff. So there's the dodge button. And talking about the, the, the dodge mechanic, the hand-to-hand, it, she has a little knife, right? She has a switchblade. Yeah, shivs are, is, shivs are is, gone is in the ever, game. So there's no more crafting that's what shivs. I was say. Oh, yeah. There's no more crafting Thank shivs. Christ. There are still locked doors, but instead of crafting a shiv to unlock the door, there's usually like a kind of a puzzly way to get around. Like there's some kind of other entrance into that room you got to discover rather than okay. saying, oh, I hope I have a shiv on hand to break this lock. So yeah, she's always yeah. got a switchblade. She's always got a, a kind of a, a last resort weapon. And uh, <laughs> you're still picking up a lot of melee weapons. You're picking up baseball bats and hatches and whatnot. And right. but if you're like left with nothing else and you got to fight somebody, she's always got a switchblade. Does it feel like uh, Uncharted Four kind of hand to hand? Not stuff? quite that sort of fluid. Like it's mm-hmm. still it, like there's it's sure. still very much a Last of Us game. Like you're not. They haven't ramped it up. They haven't like uh, uh, really sped it up. It, it yeah. feels like the same gameplay with some refinements. So. Um, people, I don't know if anybody was really hoping for this, but people, for people who were hoping for a reinvention of the controls or like a reinvention of the gameplay, that's not here. Like even the crafting is almost mm-hmm. identical 
to the first game. You just okay. got more stuff you can craft. But the way you do it by opening up the backpack or by selecting the thing in the like the, the D-pad menu and then crafting it from there, exactly the same. And the, the, the inventory, the menu layout with on the D-pad, that's all exactly the same as well. That's good. It's kind of like it's refined. refined uh, re- I could get this word, okay? It's not the decongestant it. medicine getting to me. It's more being more refined, and it's more like an evolution of certain. Exactly, it's like, an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And and uh, from the from the trailer from last year's E3, uh, we saw how Ellie kind of stealths in a different way than Joel mm-hmm. does, meaning like she can get lower to the ground and hide under cars and stuff. Um, how how does that add to the level of complexity when you have to sneak um, around? It, it gives you two? it gives you more options. Like in the demo we played, we played the demo was two parts. The first part was called Jackson Patrol, which is has got to be I think the first playable chapter in the game because it's got all the tutorial stuff baked in. Like here's how you jump over gaps, here's how you crouch. Mm-hmm. It's all built into the level and stuff that Ellie and Dina are doing as they're out on horseback patrolling kind of the the perimeter of their their town. Um, then we also played a chapter in the Seattle suburbs, which is much later on when Joel's brother Tommy is trapped in Seattle. Ellie's looking for him for whatever reason. We don't exactly know. And in that level, it's much more combat focused and a little more open in terms of where you can go and what you can do. And there are tons of opportunities for stealth there. Like There's a lot of tall grass. Tall grass is actually meaningful now in the game because when Ellie goes prone she's much less visible in, in the tall grass. So there were many times, there's like, there's cool. a ton of human enemies in that level. Um, dogs, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon as well. There's dogs yeah, in that yeah, level. Yeah. And it's you've got more tools at your disposal, but you've got more things you've got to, uh, more obstacles in your way that you've got to use those tools to overcome. Now, a question about the level design. It does feel a little bit more open. Um, and they talk about this being the largest scheme that they've made. Is this more of a classic linear Naughty Dog experience where, yeah, the, the game's a little wide, you know, maybe a few areas to explore, but it's still a linear, this is your path. Is this a more like a hub world or more like the Madagascar map of, of Uncharted 4 where it's this huge area that you explore, like... Yeah, it's somewhere in between. How, how does the map feel? Somewhere in between. The first the first chapter, the so Jackson weird. Patrol chapter, is fairly linear. You're kind of being okay. uh, guided from area to area. The Ellie and Dean are on horseback, and there's like different routes you can take, but they all ultimately kind of end up at the same bottlenecks. You've got to go through this, this supermarket that's full of infected. Um, you've okay. got to go to the library during the snowstorm when, when Ellie briefly loses Dina, and they uh, find each other in this library. So you, you're going to end up at all the same places, there's a few root variants, but the first chapter for sure is very much the linear Naughty Dog type of the gameplay. The, the second chapter we played, the Seattle Suburbs, um, it's not open world in the sense that like that huge Madagascar level is in Uncharted 4. Like, but you're also not in a Jeep, right? Like, they were in a Jeep in that level, so there was a lot of um, fast traversal in, that, mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you when it comes to enemy AI. I'm hearing that these these AI are smart mm-hmm. and that they have they actually have emotions. So when you know you're playing a game like I don't know uh, Splinter Cell and you kill a guard and like <laughs> one guard just walks up, he's like, "Where's Gary? Oh, I guess I'm back on my patrol." <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> that that doesn't happen here, right? Like no, they're they're actually like. Fuck the who? Where the fuck happened to Gary? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. It's kind of it's yeah. uh, like. 
for all the refinements and enhancements they made to the game, the thing that really struck me most was the AI. It's much more natural. You don't see that. I'm going to go back on my patrol from A to B, and oh, here's a body. Oh, I'm scared. Okay, back to A and B. It's much more reactive, and um, which is good in some ways because the more human the AI thinks, the more you're able to predict kind of how they're going to react to things and kind of mm. work uh, against them that way but <laughs> they do like there's a section in, like in the Seattle suburbs you're up against the Washington Liberation Front or the Wolves which you may mm-hmm. recall from the the trailer at E3 last year yeah. one of the cultists calls a wolf when when, when they see yeah. Ellie probably mistaking mm-hmm. her for one of the, uh, the 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 Washington Liberation Front they're like a militia that's group awesome. that's super against outsiders they want nobody in Seattle so they're looking for Ellie they're looking for Tommy anyway so you're up against the wolves, and they all have names. So yeah, when you kill one, and like you kill Sandra, and then Bill comes by, he's like, "Oh shit, he's got Sandra!" You know, it's like, "Where are you?" And they they, they get <laughs> agitated. They start patrolling. Yeah. And it used to be like you could like safely use silenced weapons from cover, and they would have no idea where you were at. But now, even if you like fire a bow from cover, they're like, oh, I think it came from over there," and they'll look. They'll have kind of a general arc of where you are. And you've always wow, got yeah. to be moving. And that's where the dogs come in, too. Yeah. It's not the yeah. kind of game where you can yeah. just sit in one place and memorize patrol patterns and pick them off. Because if it was, it would be too easy. The, the levels are way more open, so it would be way easier to lure human enemies into kind of blind alleys, yeah. especially because you, yeah. you know just, how they're going to react. So you've got to always yeah. be moving because they're, they're coming for you. The dogs are coming for you. You've got to always be on the move and kind of and, run and into the area. And how do dogs, like, when a dog finds you, what what happens? Like Can terrifying. you terrifying? <laughs> you, you, like, you can't outrun them on open ground. Uh, the, the first uh-huh. time you encounter a dog is in again, like uh, well, in the demo, is in this uh, the Seattle suburbs, and there's like a guy, one of the wolves, and he's got a dog, and the dog catches your scent, and it's like you know, its ears kind of prick up, it's like woof woof, and you're like oh shit, you jump over like behind a, a, a some cover, and then what you do then is up to you. And now in the the, the new version of the listen mode in the game. If there's a dog yes. in the area, it will show your scent trail. It only shows your scent trail when there's a dog in the oh. area. But if there's a dog in the area, it will show your scent trail. It will show if the dog crosses your scent trail, it knows where you are, and it will follow that trail to wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So you've either got to put a big amount of distance between you and the dog or throw something in the opposite direction to distract the dog, which works much the way it does with human enemies. Or yeah. you got to kill the dog. You know what? i got to say... I can kill people all fucking day long in video yeah. games. I don't care. Yeah. Bob, Charlie, you got names. I don't care. I'm going to murder you because it's you or me. But the dog, yeah. the dog didn't ask to be there. The dog didn't sign up yeah. for this. It's just doing whatever it's told. Yeah. And I feel yeah. terrible yeah. about killing dogs in video games. I felt terrible about killing the dogs in this game. But they are so, they're such a big threat to your, to your stealth ability. You've got to yeah. pick off the dogs kind of as soon as you can separate them from their, their handlers. And, and let's now, talk. just just yeah. listening just sorry Jeff How just listening you? to this I am stressed out <laughs> yeah. um, and so like I can't imagine actually being in this and, and stressed out but like is that the humans are obviously a step up from the the first game and pretty much any other human AI um, does this affect your way like knowing that they know I you kind of said you don't care you'll kill humans all day long <laughs> but knowing like they they know each other's names and like, Oh shit. And like, they have dogs. Is this going to like move you to like a more pacifist route where you're like not going through and, and taking everything? Yeah. You know, I, you I joke about it, but it's funny, funny. It's uh, I don't know how they do this because you, the, your interactions are so brief. They're just little flashes, but yeah. like the wolves, 
they don't just feel like evil bad guys. They mm-hmm. they are fighting for a cause. They are protecting their territory. They, they're doing it in kind of a shitty way that's that's really mean to other people. But they're not necessarily bad bad guys, at least from what I know so far. And right. they're just doing what they're doing yeah. to survive. However, sure. I, I also think if they see me first, they will kill me, no questions asked. They're not going to give me any kind of mercy. So there were times, and maybe I'm just a psychopath, but there were times when I, like, I killed Charlie, and you know, and, and Betty would come by and say, Charlie's down, they got Charlie. I'd be like, you're fucking right, I got Charlie. You're next, Betty. Get over here. You know, it's you or me. Yeah, so, dude, I, all right, real talk. I totally get when that. The I will probably do happens, the same way. When the apocalypse happens, we're getting Steve pronto. We're going to Canada. We're getting Steve. He's going to be our Absolutely. fucking leader. All right? He's our, you know, we'll he's make our muscle. own version of the wolves yeah. up there in Jesus Toronto. Christ. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's interesting with the dogs. And you talked about the stealth mechanics. There's, like, something called, like, a heartbeat, like, type of system is in place as well, where, like, you'll you get to know when people are nearby by their heartbeat or something like that. Am I correct? I don't know. Like I, I, the, the detection system seemed to be, seemed to be very similar to the first game and that you get this kind of like, it is sort of a, like now that I think of it, it is sort of like kind of a whooshing heart noise, but it gives you the same, like if you play the last of us part one and there are enemies nearby that aren't in your field of view, you get that kind of gray tinge on the edge of the screen. Yeah. Um, I believe, and I didn't. I don't remember seeing this myself, but I believe they're saying now that if the tinge turns red, that means the enemy spotted you. But it's still very oh, similar. It's kind of that kind of that peripheral, right on the edges of the screen, cool. that kind of tinge that okay. tells you there's somebody you can't see right now, but who can see yeah. you. So you've got to like, now, you know, or who, who is who are, yeah, is yeah, detecting yeah. that you're somewhere around there. So you've got to get into yeah. cover before they spot you. Yeah. Now we, we've we've talked about humans. We've talked about dogs. Last of Us is known for another kind oh, of enemy. It? Uh, and, and yeah, it is a little bit. Uh, and Zyger, who wrote in, and he asked this question: um, Can you attract clickers to humans in an easier sense than the previous game, or were there any opportunities for that? Yeah, to in the, in the in demo, that? there really weren't. Like I remember in, uh, mm. in the Left Behind DLC, there's there's a couple moments where you you can really use the clickers and the, and the humans against each other, um, mm-hmm. but they kind of naturally fight each other anyway. You just have to sit back and, and wait for it. There's no point that I remember. Like in the first part of the demo, in the Jack's Patrol chapter, there are no humans. It's just uh, infected that you encounter yeah. in like the, the grocery store and other places in the level in the Seattle suburbs, there are infected, but they're kind of isolated from the humans. Okay. There's one particular, there's a stalker in a garage who I think you'll, you can spot in, in one of the demos or the trailers. And there's a backstory behind how he got there. And it's really kind of like you find it like you, That's like awesome. it's one of those things in, in the first game when you find documents or notes that people left behind. Yeah. And there's, and it's That's really awesome. interesting to know the backstory about how this particular infected got in this spot but you walk into the garage, and one thing I gotta, I gotta point out too is there's this new mechanic where you can squeeze through gaps uh, because okay. at, at least skinnier. So there's a lot of gaps in the game where that, that are just kind of like you shuffle through shoulder, like you turn your shoulder and kind of shuffle through. And yeah. uh, partly it's just to be able to separate you from pursuers because it slows people down, but also it gives the game so many opportunities to have something grab you as you come through this gap oh, fuck because that. you're temporarily not in control. Like it's an animation as you squeeze yeah. through the gap and your, your field of view is kind of limited to what you're, the gap yeah. you're squeezing through. So that happens a lot of times in the game. It's kind of a, oh, something God. jumps out and grabs you. So as you well, go into, let's the, talk about, Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, as you go into the garage, yeah. you, 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 you fight the stalker and that's where, that's a time where I felt so empowered by the dodge system because it was slashing at me. I was like, dodge, hatchet, dodge, hatchet, dodge, hatchet, and it's dead. 
And it's like they're so dangerous one on one in the in the previous game that you're like yeah. unless you have a really good weapon or guns, you're screwed. But to be able to fight it hand to hand was was something kind of new and super super empowering in a way. Did you run into that new? Uh, I did the big fat the... shambly. Is it called a shambler? Yeah. Is that from the last game? Yeah, shambler. Yeah. Shambler, yeah, yeah. It's in a. There's a bar. There's all kinds of businesses in the Seattle suburbs you pass here. There's a bike shop. There's an antique shop. There's a uh, a laundromat. A laundromat, which despite having all these baskets of old moldy clothes around, you get exactly one, like, like three quarters of a rag component from. <laughs> so, and then, and then there's a bar where, yeah, there's some infected, including this big guy. And I saw that you immediately recognized this is a huge threat. And yeah. I didn't even know, like, I didn't know that he would actually explode in the, in this spore cloud if he got close. So I, I just whipped a couple of Molotovs, backed up, and then just started shooting. The, I had a lot of hunting rifle rounds for whatever reason because yeah. I was conserving my ammo. Yeah. So I just started plugging him with hunting rifle rounds, and he went down. He went down fairly quickly, but uh, that's, yeah, that's just because I said, "Big fat new infected, kill quickly." You know, prioritize <laughs> yeah, yeah. this target. Yeah, yeah. So with that, our last question. This one actually was yours, Kyle. It comes from yeah. the animation department. What do you got to sure. ask here? So, uh, Steve, one of my biggest and probably only gripes from the first game. Uh, is when you're scavenging, right? And Joel's looking for things. And when he finds a group of things, his arm just spastically goes around and just grabs. It's very weird. I hate it when it happens. It makes happens. me so happy to hear uh, you say that because that is really one of my biggest, if not only, gripes about the game as well is that, that yeah. Naughty Dog are the masters of animation, but the, the scavenging animation, like when Joel kind of crouches down, it looks kind of like a spider monkey yes. like lashing his arms yeah. around yeah. trying to grab stuff. It drove me crazy. Yeah. It's so immersion breaking. I am happy to report because I looked for this. I specifically looked for this. Yes, I'm you. happy to report that Ellie's scavenging animations are much more natural. Um, even oh, when things are down low, God. she kind of crouches and picks them up rather than doing the, sure. the squat and flail kind of move. Yeah. So yeah, the way she picks stuff up is more natural. Just the way she uses the workbenches is, is is much more natural. Everything about the animation has been refined to make it look more kind of natural and realistic. And that includes, yes, the scavenging animation. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, walking out of that event, do we have ourselves, because like the big conversation at the end of the day is cyberpunk versus, we always have to compare things. We always have to get things out the head. <laughs> right. So is this all of a sudden like, the game of 2020 contender for you was it that revolutionary for you you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna say it was not that revolutionary but Mm -hmm. the thing is that the bar set by the last of us is so high like it's so high and that game was something new um like we've played stealth games before but we never played this kind of really this mix of of incredible storytelling with with cool stealth gameplay and and I think that, like in the first chapter of the game, the, the patrol chapter, I was thinking, okay, this feels like The Last of Us. I'm not blown away. Nothing yeah. here is really jumping out at me except the fact that Ellie and Dina are talking and there's like a cool little story unfolding between them. I love that. I love the writing. Uh, I love the fact that they have um, uh, Holly Gross, who used to work on Westworld. I love the fact that she's co-writing the game because you can really hear it in the dialogue. But nothing mm-hmm. really jumped out about that first chapter to make me say oh my god game of the year the second chapter much more so like i i going back and playing last of us after uh or before and after this game i mean it just the visuals especially in the character models are so much further ahead in the in the new game if the storytelling can live up to everything else if the storytelling can live up to the tension that i felt during stealth yeah. if it can live up to the environmental design then it's going to be yeah it's going to be 
game of the year, if not like one of the top contenders. But it's hard to tell from no, like, but, a, like, yeah. a, like a two and a half, three hour demo of what's mm-hmm. promising to be like a, what, a 25 plus? They're saying it's their longest game ever, so sure. it's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. But I have a lot of faith that it will be a, a top contender for game of the year, mm-hmm. if not game of the year. Now, before we, we move on sure. and we, we talk about Sean lead, leaving, uh, both myself and Joe, when we watched that trailer together for the first time, um, when we heard Joel and we saw Joel, we got goosebumps. <laughs> Did you get to see Joel in this demo? Yes. Yeah, so you know what's kind of awesome is the state of play, the, the actual um, the demo session for Last of Us Part Two was going on at the exact same time they were broadcasting the state of play. And Naughty Dog Neil, Neil Druckmann came out and said, please don't watch the trailer before you play the demo because we want the story beats in the demo to be fresh and a surprise. So That's awesome. I went into the, to the demo not knowing that Joel shows up in the trailer. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the trailer until the next day after yeah. the demo. So I knew Joel was alive because Ellie and Dina spent a lot of time talking about him in the, the first part, the, the Jackson Patrol chapter. They talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You get a sense that, that Ellie and Joel's relationship is perhaps a little bit strained, but they are still together. Um, they're going to watch a movie that night. It's some kind of cheesy 80s action movie that Joel wants to watch. And you know, Dina's kind of asking, how are you and Joel? So you know Joel's alive because there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of okay. theories that Joel may may have died in the, yeah. the five years between the games. Yeah, that's one yeah. of mine. For sure. And there's theories too, even that, that you know, I kind of tried to is reverse engineer this. I'm thinking, yeah. is she actually going to watch a movie with, with Joel's ashes in an urn? Is this like some super big naughty dog fake oh. out and Joel actually is dead? Yeah, yeah. And he, he appears as a vision later on in the game to kind of guide her. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the case, but it seems very much like, yeah, Joel's there. And okay. I didn't get goosebumps so much as I'm like, oh, Joel, fuck, you got old, man. It's only been five years. What happened? I guess the, like these yeah. these next gen visuals are really like showing the wrinkles and the, the gray hairs yeah. in your beard yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I actually I hope nice. that Joel's not a huge part of the story. To be honest, I want this to be really Ellie's story, Ellie's. not Ellie and Joel kind yeah. of teaming up again. So from right. everything we've seen, we've only seen Ellie in gameplay. And if Joel is involved in gameplay, which I suspect he will be later on, I hope it's kind of like he plays the Ellie role in and out. I hope he's not like a constant part of the game. I want him to be a constant yeah. part of the story. I don't want him to be a constant part necessarily of the gameplay. Okay. Well, man, you got me pumped. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. But hey, with all that goodness, we got some bad news. Kyle, would you like yeah. to read the first goober on the list so. Uh, the first goober is written by Johnny Cullen over at GameDaily.biz. Sean Layden departs Sony amid restructuring confusion and potential power struggle. Sean Layden, the chairman of Sony Worldwide Studios, is to leave after a 30-plus year career at Sony. The PlayStation Twitter quote, It is with great emotion that we announce that Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. His visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are deeply grateful for his years of service. Thanks for everything, Sean. End quote. Layden himself hasn't tweeted anything on his own personal Twitter account as of publication. Layden took charge of Sony Interactive Entertainment America in 2014, following the departure of former president and CEO Jack Tretton. In 2016, he became chairman of Sony's, Sony's Worldwide Studios following the rebranding of Sony Interactive Entertainment. In his time as chairman of Worldwide Studios, Layden has overseen PlayStation's golden period with multiple Game of the Year winners and nominees, including Marvel Spider-Man. Layden was the face of the deal that brought Insomniac Games into, into the Sony first-party studio family, which was finalized in August 2019, and the person who greenlit the project. 
Leiden's departure is just one internal executive shakeup at Sony Interactive Entertainment. SIE Japan Asia president and SIE Japan director Atsushi Morita has departed his roles effective immediately. It's worth noting that Morita was at the age 60, where the Japanese workforce tends to retire anyway. Layden's exit comes at a time of transitional upheaval, and not just with the next-gen PlayStation 5 looming. There's also the possibility of an internal power struggle, which appears to stem from a corporate restructure back in April 2018, which is when Sony Interactive Entertainment truly went global. At that time, Sony announced a reshuffle that saw then-PlayStation president John Kodera take control of the Americas and Japan-Asia. Deputy President Jim Ryan assumed responsibility for Europe. Additionally, all sales and marketing divisions within America, Europe, and Japan, Asia were to report to Ryan. Meanwhile, Layden was to concentrate his focus on Worldwide Studios, continuing to provide platform-defining content that helps drive the growth of SIE. Worldwide Studios is regarded as a side project, albeit a significant one. Within the bigger picture of SIE management, Ryan and Kodera run the bulk of the operation, with Layden's position as chairman created specifically with him in mind. In February, Ryan was announced as the new president and CEO of Sony Interactive <laughs> Entertainment Worldwide, less than a year after being named deputy president. Ryan effectively swapped titles with Kodera, who was tasked to provide an emphasis on user experiences and network services. It's worth bearing in mind that Kodera was only president and CEO for 15 months, having taken over from Andrew House in October 2017. Mm-hmm. And now with that, I just checked Twitter. Sean Layden still hasn't said a peep. He is liking a whole bunch of people going like, best of luck, Sean, but not said anything. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, We have a question from Joshua Miller uh, that asks, are you at all concerned about the leadership for Sony going into the PlayStation 5 since the ones that helped the PlayStation 4 succeed, uh, such as Nick Sutter, Andy House, who I steal his mail on occasion, (laughs) uh, Jack Trenton, Adam Boys, and now Sean would never lie to me, Layden, uh, have moved on. So you talked a lot, Steve. I'm going to let you rest for a sec here. Kyle, I'm going <laughs> to throw this right back at to you because you gave yeah. me you gave me pause for concern. You were scared by all this mess. Yeah. Having re- read all that, are you still concerned? Um, A little less uh-huh. uh, after reading this uh, article, knowing that... Um, that there were other people in place to kind of take over yeah. and his, his spot was kind of in limbo. Um, but still pretty concerned. Um, I I've lived through the PS3 era. I know how bad PlayStation <laughs> was. It was not great. Right. Um, and seeing them just kill it during this generation of the PS4 and PSVR and RIP Vita. But it, it's, it, it's scared that the, the head, the, the face that we know that the public really knows Sean Layden is gone, and um, yeah, it's scary. I don't want to go back to PS3 era, era Sony. I don't want it, Joe. Well, I, listen, I, I, I get it. No one wants that. Steve, what do no. you feel though, man? Like, are you, are you, are you as concerned that he's going to hit you again? What's, what's the deal here? Um, I think Sony's been pretty good in, in choosing their leadership over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've interviewed, I interviewed Jack Tretton a bunch of times, a bunch of times. I interviewed Sean Layden a few times at E3. Sean was always really uncomfortable with the public-facing part of the role. Like, he was really awkward on stage at E3. He was kind of awkward in in interviews. But I got the sense that he was, you know, he's well-respected and well-liked. I didn't even know there was all this internal shit going on at Sony until this story broke this week. I didn't realize there was all these these background shenanigans going on. So, I mean, 
it's 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 a it's tricky waters right now. Like they're coming off being the top console of this generation, and that is momentum that they can carry into the PS5 era if they don't fuck it up. And I think yeah. having a leadership change right before you're about to to kind of introduce the PS5, which is probably going to happen in the next few months. Uh, it's not. It doesn't send a great signal, you know. It, it does make me a little mm-hmm. concerned about what's going on behind the scenes at Sony that would mm-hmm. lead to this kind of this kind of shakeup. I mean, I think we're going to talk about like some of the changes we're seeing already taking place. When I when I heard this news, I was almost like, I like Sean. He seems like a great guy, right? He puts on a Crash Bandicoot shirt. He talks like my dad when he's on stage. <laughs> All fun is had. But at the end of the day, I can only think, you know, listen, 30 years on the job, God knows what his bank account looks like. He's fine. I'm fine. I was almost unmoved by the whole thing because I understood walking in that he he effectively, like you read this story, he took a demotion, right? Yeah, like he exactly. he he kind of it seemed like his position there was was out of respect of listen you've been here for 30 plus years you know we're not going to just oust you here's this nice Mm -hmm. job it's a pretty title work with you and everything's going to be fine you know um and i don't think he liked that all too much and so as as someone like i'm i'm coming through this as we've already had a change of role and a change of guard several times during this generation the ship, mm-hmm. I don't see any holes in it so far, so I'm not too concerned nor panicked. But the interesting thing is, like, what you said, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's going on in that company. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are are leaving, like, mm-hmm. um, gosh, I'm going to forget her name, but she, she worked on getting Spider-Man in Insomniac's hands. She's now over... At Xbox, you know, we're seeing um, we're s- John Drake also left, who is a big proponent for PSVR mm-hmm. and third party stuff. And he's now at Disney. So we're seeing we're seeing a whole bunch of movement. But the way I see it is the ship's fine. And if you are in a, a position like that, you're either going in for building your portfolio even more. You want that challenge mm-hmm. or you are there to excel and get to the top. And then stay at the top, right? And that's where I feel Sean Layden was just like, well, I got this demotion. I I only want to make lateral moves, you know? So I think, you know, I think he went somewhere else, and he's not allowed to say where that somewhere else is. Mm -hmm. Do you get that same feeling, Steve? I don't know. Like, How old is he? Do we know? Do you know offhand? He, listen, I think I think he's in his fifties. He yeah. looks like a spry looking. He does. Guy. He does look spry. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's got some years left. Um, uh, fifty-eight. Oh, fifty-eight. Wow, yeah. he's good looking for fifty-eight. Good job, Dude, John. Seriously, Jeez. tall drink yeah. of water. Jesus Christ, what does he do? <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I, I, I was just saying that it, it seems weird that they would change this kind of leadership or have this kind of leadership change going to new, new gen. But also, from his perspective, maybe this is the right time. Like he. Yeah. He was the guy kind of ushering PS4 through its life cycle after Jack, and he did a, an amazing job, apparently. And yeah. yeah, now he's got this new role that maybe he's not as down with. And this could be a great time to say, you know, kind of quit while you're ahead, like cash out while you yeah. have got a lot of chips still in your pocket rather than going through the whole cycle again with PS5 or, you know, 
shepherding PS5 through its through its launch and then handing off to somebody else. Maybe this is maybe this is actually a logical time to kind of make a move like yeah. this. But I'm dying to know where he's going I, and what he's doing next. If he is doing think, anything, I just love yeah. after hearing he's leaving. Uh, someone beat me to the punch on Twitter, but seeing the picture of Sean and Reggie and Phil at the Game Awards, <laughs> being like, all right, we're bringing everyone together, and now both of them are gone, and Phil's the last one standing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what did you do, Phil? <laughs> what did you do? It's all Phil. It's all his yeah, man. <laughs> Phil is the Apex champion at the end of the day. Um, do you think he's going over to Stadia, Kyle? Uh, I think that's a logical uh, logical yeah. leap uh, in logic there. That made no sense. They use logical too many times. Um, Luke Lord yeah, says wildest. Wildest. Sure. You know, with um, his parchment paper. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't he, yeah. really? I mean, it's a, it's a new thing that he probably can have a lot of really important input for the people over there working on Stadia. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great team of people that already worked in the industry mm-hmm. working on it already, so... Why not have another one with great experience who's done amazing things in the industry to kind of hop yeah. on and, and help grow it into the, what could be, what probably is the future of gaming? Yeah. I mean, man, who knows? It's just so much yeah. mystery. Again, it doesn't it doesn't freak me out. It doesn't get me nervous. Uh, it just gets me perplexed. The only thing I get nervous with is who's going to fill his role. Because mm-hmm. the next, like, you know, I don't want PlayStation games to look like Xbox games in terms of, like, you know, we're about to just talk about it, but PlayStation now just dropped in price to 10 bucks. We see, like, Xbox is focused on Game Pass being the future of Xbox and mm-hmm. their games being the things that sell them, uh, sell Game Pass. But then those games are often littered with stupid monetization practices, right? Like, we're seeing it right now, the whole controversy with Gears of War. So, like, I don't want my games to just be filled with microtransactions, multiplayer focus, to get people into this PlayStation Now. Mm -hmm. I want my narrative-driven, narrative-focused, single-player games. And that, at the end of the day, is the only thing I truly care about. But um, mm-hmm. but before we go on through, anybody got some last words, or shall I continue on to our next uh, bit of news? I mean, just just a quick uh, yeah. thank you to Sean for yeah. making E three super memorable. Uh, I, I, some of my favorite gaming moments is him on stage, introducing some really cool stuff afterwards, like him with the God of War orchestra coming yeah. out afterwards, or the Crash Bandicoot announcement. Yeah. Um, which was the same year, which is insane. Just like a lot of really cool moments for me uh, that Sean was a part of. Uh, hearing him talk at PSX when I was there was amazing. And just hearing his mind for the industry, it's fantastic. So thanks, Sean, for, for growing PlayStation into what it is now. Yeah, cool. yeah same. Awesome. I, he, he did lead us into a really awesome time to be a PlayStation gamer. And uh, <laughs> F's in the chat for Sean. <laughs> but you know what? She had to do what she had to do, a soul for yeah. a stone. He had I was to just about to say. Push him off that cliff. Shoe. Don't leave us, shoe. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. Don't, don't you don't dare. Leave you can provide way too many gifts. Uh, but <laughs> with that said, let's get into the next story. Kyle, please take it away, sir. Sure. Mike Fahey over at Kotaku writes, PlayStation Now price drops to $10 a month and adds new games. 
Sony cut PlayStation Now's $20 a month subscription fee in half and added a handful of high-profile games like God of War to boot. Along with the new pricing plan, Sony is adding a selection of big-name PS4 games to the service for a limited time, including God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4. These four games will be available on the service now through January 2020, and more games will be rotated in and out on a regular basis. From the PlayStation blog themselves, your DualShock 4 will work on iOS 13, iPadOS, macOS Catalina, which is launching in October, and TVOS 13. Fucking Catalina wine mixer. So I <laughs> gave it up to a vote on, on the Trophy Room Twitter about, and this is what I said, and now the cricket's on your end, Kyle, I hear it. Remember last week? You're I like, know, I'm sorry. fucking crickets have infiltrated I thought they were room. gone, and one is no? hidden somewhere. I don't know so where it never is. Catch me alive, you son of a bitch. <laughs> He's just taunting you. It's like, I know you have a show to do, you son of a bitch, I'm here. It's making me um, mad. Will you, uh, so I, um, the question on Twitter was, will you be getting the PlayStation Now uh, that Sony cut the cro- uh, cost to nine ninety nine a month? Here's what the poll said, and now... I'm just going to say it, 45%, a hard no. Yeah. 41%, possibly, maybe. 14%, yes. Now, I'm going to roll this into a positive because this is a PlayStation show. <laughs> How many of those people knew PlayStation now existed up until this point? Right. Exactly. And uh, we got some comments as, as well. Uh, Tim Olf, he said, just paid the 60 bucks for 12 months. Uh, bought time lol so he purchased it he was good to go he was hyped off this announcement uh nathan mckerney which we need to play more borderlands sir uh he says i'm more interested in a 60 dollar a year which is five bucks a month strongly considering it although i'm waiting for a version with playstation plus combined so right. oh god goodness gracious steve i mean let me get your thoughts on PlayStation Now's price cut originally twenty bucks. Now we're nine ninety nine. God of War, Infamous Second Son, Uncharted Four. Are you on board? <laughs> I voted in that poll. I voted in your Twitter poll, and I was yes. one of the maybes. You know, okay, because the 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 games that they're announced right now are are all amazing. I've played all those games. I've finished all those games. Right. Yeah. So I think for avid PlayStation gamers, that's not necessarily. A grab. I think the... Yeah. And at, at this point, who doesn't own right? GTA Five? Exactly. Dude, it's always the number one seller. It's That's true. Yeah, it's because of the online seller. bullshit, though. Like, you want to talk yeah. about online monetization, there's your, yeah. your sure. awful yeah. poster child for it. But yeah, I mean, the, yeah. it was a necessity because they're competing with Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. Like, I honestly, it's a, it's a whole separate topic. I don't know how Game Pass works as a business model. I don't know. Right. Like, like, Joe, you're talking about the, the kind of creeping monetization in games. And yeah, it's true. There are, we are seeing more of that, but I, I do subscribe to game pass and yeah. it's like, why would I pay, you know, 80 of my Canadian dollars or whatever, you know, $18, whatever it costs in the U S why would I pay my, my hard earned <laughs> Canadian money to buy gears five when I can yeah. just subscribe to game pass for a couple months and play it there. Like, I don't understand how yeah, it's a either. good business model to release your highest, profile games on this relatively inexpensive subscription service but uh, like yeah. sony's got to get in they got to get a hand in this game because the the x cloud uh, game stuff's coming stadia is coming sony's got to kind of 
you know, PS Now has been out there for years and it works surprisingly well. The streaming stuff works well. I always go for the download option if that's an option. But the streaming stuff works shockingly well yeah. on PS Now. I just, Joe, like you're saying, I don't think people even know about it. I don't think people have even heard yeah. about it before this mm-hmm. necessarily before this price drop. So price drop was a necessity. I think it's a good idea. I would like, like Kyle says, I would like to see, or like the, the commenter said, I would like to see this wrapped in with their, with, with, uh, PlayStation Plus, um, okay. kind of like a combo service, like the way that Xbox is doing with uh, Xbox yeah, like Gold Game Pass. And Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, do you feel like that's happening soon, or do you think, dude? Yeah, as we're, as we're going to talk about shortly, Sony sometimes drags their feet and gets yeah. dragged kicking and screaming into the place where the other people are. Like as we're going to talk about with with, with crossplay. Yeah. I think maybe that's in the future, but I don't see it happening right away. I think they're going to kind of test the waters with this 10 bucks a month subscription, which is a great deal. Like the guys are saying, it's a great deal if you buy yeah. the annual yeah. the annual pass. Like it's like six something a month. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to test the waters with that and maybe maybe around the PS5 launch we'll see some kind of combined right. service deal. I don't well, know. I got a, a, the same question for you then, Kyle. Are you getting this? Are you mm-hmm. planning on it? Maybe, sort of. Uh, I'm in the maybe as well. Um kind of want to see if it gets moved into PS Plus, if there's some sort of bundle there. Because right. um, one, like, money's always an issue, so why would I pay extra money on top for... Um, like like you said, Steve, I have all those games physically on my shelf behind mm-hmm. me, and I played all through them, um, so this doesn't really entice me to, to go yeah. and play this. Um, what would immediately... Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I, the, I just heard what, the cricket uh, this time. <laughs> this is so loud. annoying me so much. Two weeks like this. Um, what would make me move from a maybe to a yes is... Just give me the PlayStation Classics, man. Yes. Make, make PS Now the PS2, PS1... Put Dude. some PS3 games on there. I will be a. I will take all my Dude. money and pay for five years of it. Right. Right. So across. famous Seamus writes in, which, uh, by the way, Steve, if you don't know, he's the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my entire life. You could write that down. I, he I've says. So with the PlayStation Now price cut making it the same price as Xbox Game Pass, how do you convince people who can't afford to get both to get PlayStation Now? over game pass dude i think that's a terrific way of getting people over playstation has a terrific library oh my god and and what a way to get them to come out all these people that bought ps4 and that's the first playstation hey look at our history our lineage of what makes playstation playstation and and then here it is ps now fucking apex we're we're good now yeah (laughs) (laughs) but no like people freaked out look at look at nintendo online right yeah. Oh boy, yeah. he's he's Nintendo Online's the last kid that gets picked for kickball, right? <laughs> Can't run stubby little legs. That kid's going fucking nowhere in the kickball profession. But like, it, he just goes, "Hey, I got I got Super Mario World." Everybody's re-upping, right? We got a SNES yeah. Online Classic. We got we got twenty games, five oh. of which you're gonna play. One of them maybe for more than fifteen minutes, but you buy it because. Damn classics! <laughs> I think that's yeah. a terrific move, Steve. What do you think? What like, what is that thing that will be like if you're on the fence or you already have both? What's that thing that'll push you? Yeah, I mean, if, uh, Nintendo fans are a different breed. You can't you can't yeah. really compare them to anybody <laughs> yeah. else because they will 
they will buy the same game, the same system, fifteen times over. You know, yeah. they're they're just like what Alfred said in in The Dark Knight. He, he, some people can't be bought, bullied, or reasoned with. Some people just want to <laughs> buy the same game over and over and over and over again. Like I, I think what Tony really needs to do is is yeah. <laughs> like the cricket agrees with me. The, I think what Sony yeah, needs to yeah, do I, is just really hammer this, get this out there, market the shit out of this, get like push this in front of people because again, again. PS Now has been out there for ages and it's worked great for ages and nobody, like I don't know anybody besides me and my buddy Joe, my other buddy Joe, who introduced yeah. it to me and said it works great. I don't know anybody who even knows it exists. Like yeah. it's, it's they've really got to like tart it up like put it in a nice, some nice clothes and put it on the stage and shine a spotlight on it and get people invested because yeah. there are some great games in the library. There are some great games being offered at this thing, this introductory thing and there's going to be hopefully Great games every month. I still yeah. think, and I, you guys are going to crucify me for saying this, I still think Game Pass is the better deal. I still oh, think absolutely. more bang for the buck yeah. with Game Pass, Xbox yeah. Game Pass. But I think Sony can definitely make a PlayStation exclusive analog to it. And bringing these particular games in is, is a pretty good way to start. You know what I think? I think that Cricket bought like two years of Nintendo Online. <laughs> He's so mad about it, too. Oh, I thought I, I was going to uh, be able to play Mario Kart with my friends and have voice yeah. chat. Hey, can you play Punch-Out on the PlayStation? I don't think so, pal. <laughs> He's like the newsboy reading yep. headlines like out on the street. Yep. Read all about <laughs> it. You suck. Three nerds on the internet talk shit about Nintendo. <laughs> With that, oh, let's get man. back. Let's get this. Let's get back on this train here. Um, yeah, Game Pass is still the better bargain because you're getting their first party games day and date, right. and PlayStation can't do that because of the type of games that they're putting out, single yeah. player focus. And yeah. to me, I I'm at I'm I'm of the mind of it's cool that Game Pass is there and it exists. I love Gears Five; think it's great, but those games are a different type of game. And I'm fine with those games. I don't want PlayStation going, you know what? God of War has multiplayer again. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that whatsoever. Just shoehorned multiplayer experiences. I want experiences that truly matter. What I would like is to have games like Ready Set Heroes or games like Concrete Genie or Medieval, these these lower tiered games be maybe day and date with Mm. the PlayStation uh, Mm -hmm. lineup because these games don't get enough love. Yeah. You know, like where where first off where was this at the state of play yeah it's weird maybe they didn't want to pull focus away from the last of us i don't i don't know it seems like it was, yeah, it's a i mean really it just doesn't make sense about a week later yeah yeah because i'm like nothing's gonna pull maybe that's just the fact of like it last of us is going to pull from this that, announcement but that could be yeah i don't know i just i i feel like what they're going to do with this is they're going to Cinderella this bitch, put some glass slippers on it, <laughs> put, you know, just put it out on stage with the PlayStation 5 reveal. There's going to have some type of functionality. Let's just hope. Praise, praise be the shoe that this is the case. It gets some PlayStation 1 classics in there to sell this thing day mm-hmm. and date. And that's what they're going to do with it. But with mm-hmm. that, Kyle, let's get to our last story on the list and holy crap i just looked at the time we've been talking for this <laughs> we, long we've run a little over time <laughs> i was i was concerned i was concerned about time kyle what is the fir- the last story uh steven Taylor at push square yeah. writes sony's ps4 crossplay program has reportedly moved out of beta 
Last year, the company announced a major policy change with regards to crossplay, stating it would be trialing the service in beta form with Fortnite. Over the last 12 months or so, this beta has remained in place as far as we know, and a handful of other games have been allowed to bring crossplay to PS4. Mm-hmm. Now it seems that Sony's beta stage of crossplay is officially over. A new report from Wired says PS4's crossplay beta has come to an end. While it's not announcing the news explicitly, the PS4's crossplay efforts have officially moved out of the beta stage, meaning that the console can support crossplay at of excuse me and any titles that studios provide the functionality for. It reads, quote, This month's Call of Duty Modern Warfare may be the first major title to take advantage of it at launch, and likely won't be the last, end quote. So after an extensive beta, it sounds like crossplay is now all systems go on PS4. Oh. Uh, this quote... No, you want to do the show? No, you, you do, do you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, this quote out of the Wired article from Jim Ryan, quote, The track record of the incumbent platform winning the next time around is not a great one, Jim Ryan says. So the major thrust of my executive energy is to avoid complacency. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is why I'm not too concerned, right? And it's -hmm. it's weird. It's not getting... Sony's not putting it on the blog that crossplay is coming or has arrived on the PlayStation 4 uh, platform. It's out of beta. Now it looks like starting with Call of Duty... All games going forward will have the option of having cross-play integration with it. Um, but this quote from Jim Ryan has me not too concerned about PlayStation going in the future, saying, you know, uh, uh, the track record of an incumbent platform winning the next time around is not a great one. I, I love Phil Spencer, and I like the Kumbaya stuff, but what I really do love a lot more is someone... Really saying like like really do putting putting like the the line in the sand going it's about winning we want to be number one again all right Phil Spencer mm-hmm. you get your you get your mosh pit of happiness out of here this is you know it's <laughs> kind of like the dad coming coming down on the hippie son it's just like no you're gonna wear a suit and a tie god damn it this is what it's all about and it's not about being complacent so Steve. Jim said some dumb things about crossplay in the years. Seems like he's finally come around. What are your thoughts on this news? I love that quote. I love that he's sort of saying, like, uh, you know, we recognize the fact that just because we're on top now doesn't mean we can sit on our asses and be on top next gen. We've got to get with the program. And yeah. crossplay is part of the program. Like, cross platform play is part of the program. It's been so frustrating. I, I, I'm a huge Rocket League fan, and it was a huge deal for me finally to be able to play with my boy on PC and finally, yeah. you know, have that crossplay functionality that's been, you know, baked into Xbox for 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 ages, right? Yeah. So I'm glad they're finally coming around on this. I think it's I don't think it's going to hurt them. I, I don't know why they they hesitated so long. I know there was a concern that we don't want people, I don't know, buying DLC and other platforms and being able to play with people on our platforms because we yeah. don't get any cut of that. You know, that's not. This is the new world. This is everybody's got. The console they've got, you're not going to draw them over to PS4 by forcing them to give up a certain game. You're just going to alienate them. So this yeah. is a great way to kind of say, okay, look, we will embrace cross-platform play. We're going to give 
you know, Activision, $100 billion, zillion dollars to keep exclusive Call of Duty content on our platform anyway. So, you know, you're yeah. going to play on our platform anyway. We don't care. You can play the Xbox players, whatever. That's your choice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good move. I think it's a good move. I think it's a good attitude. I am like you. I'm kind of surprised they are not making a bigger deal of it. But maybe that's mm-hmm. just like they don't want to. They kind of want to keep it on the DL and not really make a big deal out of the fact that it's it's kind of taken this long to get there. Or maybe they're still secretly not really wanting to do this and they don't really want to admit that they have to do this. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what say you, Kyle? Yeah, I, I think this is is, is good. Um, definitely is confusing why we're getting all of this stuff so quickly after the state of play. Also, it's really weird timing with Sean leaving yeah. that now we get two really big PlayStation-centric type of services. Um, so for so. Yeah, it's cool that it's... It's cool that it's actually happening, yeah. and and they've acknowledged mm-hmm. it. And I, I agree. I like what Jim Jim's saying there. Like, we we don't want to again go back to PS3 era. We we want to kill it. We want to stay on top. Yeah. We want to give people. What I they think want. they. I mean, I think they don't want to do it, and that's why they're not making a huge deal. I mm-hmm. think it's by the game developers saying, "Hey, our game's going to be cross-play enabled. Is going to be a selling point for that game going forward." A big mm-hmm. shout out, huge shout out. For Fortnite, right? And them really yeah, getting kind of it on their ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a game being so big that it's unavoidable. And then a game like Rocket League where the dev said, oh, yeah, it's like flipping a switch now. Right. Is that actually <laughs> the case? Seems like it's not actually the case. But, like, it, that was that was the Brexit bus that got people on board going, you know what? It is like flipping the switch and getting Sony off their ass. So, yeah, I, I, I love this. You know, I... I love playing Apex. I hate that I'm playing it on Xbox. Not because I hate Xbox. Again, our show is all about we love all the consoles. We just love our PlayStation more. I love my PlayStation more. I prefer the controller, prefer the ecosystem. And so, like, I want to play on my PlayStation, but I can't because of my Xbox friends. They don't know anybody. (laughs) After I said all that stuff. (laughs) But, like, that's what I want to do. I want to play on my platform of choice with the game that I choose. And just because... We bought Call of Duty, but we played it on, you know, different platforms. Shouldn't mean that we're segregated by the console we bought. It's stupid. Bought the same game. So Mm -hmm. it's awesome that Jim Ryan wants to do this. Seeing the big two being Google and Microsoft being so open about cross saves and cross progression and cross play. It's awesome that Sony's like, okay, so shit's going down. We don't want an Xbox One launch this shit going into the next gen we got to be smart let's fix this boat now before we head out into the open ocean and i really Uh really love that that line that's what gives me faith you know jim ryan said two years ago oh we want to do it to protect the kids you know we or we don't want to do it to protect the kids that's what any politician or business person says when they have to do anything so it's always for the kids so like yeah, I understand people are pulling his quotes and, you know, certain uh, camera angles uh, when mentioning Jim Ryan. But, like, this is an awesome quote. This is an awesome move by Sony. I'm all on board. But, oh, Kyle, I got a question for you. Yeah. And, Steve, what's up? are you holding on to something right now? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to try uh, to do the voice, and I'm sick. I'm sorry. Okay, <clears throat> well, I'm ready. All right. Prepare the drop each and every week. PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things games onto the PlayStation storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many awesome games to list off. So instead, each host picks a game of their choosing and why you ought to play it. 
this week. Now, you might have seen on the audio version, I kind of like Hillary Clinton the air. I did like this little thing with my hands. I tried to catch a gnat because it got in my face. All right? I didn't <laughs> say it. I'm sorry. I'd much prefer the gnat. <laughs> my pick this week, I'm not doing the voice anymore. People hate it. Joe's pick. That's me. Ready, set, heroes. Go from zero to hero in this fast-paced multiplayer dungeon crawler meets epic arena brawl. Choose your character, then race through random dungeons to slay monsters, dodge traps, and collect tons of loot to power up. Whoever reaches the end of the dungeon first triggers a victorious winner-take-all arena brawl. This is dope. This is a PlayStation game. It's also on the Epic Store. It's awesome. Crossplay enabled. It looks awesome. It's in a weird place to land, and I don't know if it's going to get the love, but go check it this out. This was on one of the first state of play. It was right? the it's first the... state of play. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, what was your pick? Uh, my pick is a whole new world. That's whole without the W, H O L E. The Vita lives because it's for the Vita. The city is being invaded by monsters from the upside down world. You, the potion master, must defeat evil all alone with no tutorials or easy mode to assist you. You'll have to rely on the help of Faye, your companion fairy, and your potions. Defeat gigantic <laughs> bosses and acquire their powers. Strictly pick this just because it's a Vita game. Gotta, gotta show it love. And Steve, you... You're still you, making you, Vita games? For real? Is this for real? Dude, yeah. I know. I keep telling him week after week, it's dead, it's dead. Give it a break. And he's just like, nope. Is it dead? Does it look dead Ask Sean Capri about his it's Vita. Right it's dead. It's dead. It died. Uh, I, I Steve, honestly didn't know they were still releasing games for Vita. That's, nah, don't worry, yeah, I didn't either. That's why I picked you. I hope all 12 of you enjoy it. <laughs> 12? You're being too generous. Steve, your pick is a little different this week. Well, you guys said, because I'm like a guest, I can, yeah. I, I'm allowed to bend the rules a little and pick something coming out next week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Can I still do this? Yeah? Yeah, okay, yeah go for it. it. Go for it. Yeah, you, so you, you cut out a little bit, but that's fine. Go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, what I'm looking at is uh, Concrete Genie coming out next Ooh. week. Yeah. I had yeah. a chance to play through a big chunk of it at E3 last year, E3 2018, and I just fell in love with it. Like, it's a beautiful game. Um, it's about a kid who's bullied and how he copes with this by interacting with these sort of magical graffiti painting things. So it's got some... Mm-hmm. It's got some platforming. It's got some puzzle solving. It's got some like kind of stealthy enemy avoidance, and it just you know I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for an indie game that's trying something new. Yeah. I'm a sucker for an indie game that's got a real heartfelt message behind it, which which this really seems to have. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm stoked. For, I just actually got my review copy or my oh, copy awesome. just like yesterday. Haven't had a chance to fire it up, but right. uh, if this if this show ever ends, I will. <laughs> I will hop it on my PS4 to uh, to start playing Concrete Genie for sure. Well, let's end it with our last segment called Andy's. No, no, I'm not going to steal Andrew House's snail mail. No, <laughs> not going to do it. See, usually, Steve, I go, I break into Steve uh, Andrew House's house each and every week. I steal his mail, sometimes a vase, sometimes I fake to be... <laughs> Uh, Andy himself. I make the kids call me dad. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Uh, it's a real power move. But still, I'm not going to do that this week. Instead, <laughs> you know what? Sean would never lie to me, Layden. He broke my heart. He lied to me. He said he was never leaving. So I broke into his house this time. See how he likes it. <laughs> Little burglar eyes. And I took his mail. And only one piece of mail. Only one. And this comes from the Game Baron. He writes in, uh, uh, well, uh, 
Naughty Dog has planned for the... Oh, sorry. What does Naughty Dog have planned for their canceled Last of Us multiplayer? All new IP based around similar gameplay mechanics and add-on at a later date. A separate multiplayer game set in the Last of Us world sold separately? Question mark. What becomes of the Last of Us multiplayer? Now, um, Naughty Dog's come out. They're saying that they're holding it off for yeah. a later date because this game is so big so my question here kind of working around game baron is oh is this going to be a dlc sold separately or is this going to be included what do you think steve uh i, I know this game baron guy he's he's quite notorious in toronto um apparently he likes cats a lot i don't know why um <laughs> yeah i actually think i mean i actually bruce straley who who was formerly a director at night dog has been tweeting about this this week it's kind of funny because he, he he threw out kind of a uh a kind of a cheeky tweet about how Naughty Dog's trying to lure him back to finish the multiplayer. People got all upset because they're talking about canceling the multiplayer. Straley yeah. says he's actually seen what they're doing with multiplayer, and he says it's super ambitious. It's we're gonna love it when we see it. I think what they're gonna do is is kind of the same thing that they did that they're doing with the single player. They're gonna take factions, which mm-hmm. was far and away one of my favorite multiplayer experiences on yeah. the PS3. Yeah, um, I sure. loved factions. Like it's just a different, whole different, slower, stealthier, more deliberate kind of multiplayer. I love it. Um, me and the game Baron and uh, our buddies to play it all the time. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to expand it uh, factions, maybe add some new modes. Mm. I, I think I think the popularity of factions might have caught them a little bit by surprise. Like there are still yeah. people playing it today. Yeah. And I think they said, "Holy shit, we got this actually kind of cool, <laughs> unique multiplayer component." We got to do this for The Last of Us Part Two, but then the single player thing grew out of control. They've got to, yeah. you know, they locked in this release date. So, I think what we're going to end up seeing is it'll be a it'll be a free add on for anybody who's bought the game. I don't yeah. know if they're going to go like the Uncharted Three route to make it a standalone thing you can just play. You, yeah, yeah, later, maybe later on, like they did with Uncharted Three. But I think yeah. what they'll do is 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 release it as a an add on to the, for anybody who owns. Um, the Last of Us Part Two. I hope that's what they do because yeah. I'm that's I'm dying I'm to play too. the game, but I'm dying I'm dying to play The Last of Us. I'm trying to play through Ellie's yeah. story, but I'm also once I'm done Ellie's story, and I'm kind of glad actually to be honest. I'm glad they're not coming out at the same moment because I want to focus on Ellie's story. I want to focus on this yeah. insane experience they've developed yeah. and not be distracted by oh shit, man, I got to get in factions. I got to start leveling up. I got to start you know I, I got to like, start I'm, feeding my community and shit. I gotta, yeah. yeah, I got to get some cans of food or you know Bill yeah. Bill's gonna die. I got I, I I'm okay with leaving that until later on and focusing on that at a later date, if that's what Naughty Dog needs to yeah. make it amazing. Dude, just the same here. Just take your time. I think this is definitely going to be something introduced with the PlayStation 5. I really do feel yep. like it's Ooh, it's that. That's, that's more than a year away, though. You think it'll be that long? I think so. May, or maybe in the summer months when things have kind of died down. One of the two. I think this is definitely something that they want to take their time with. This is a baby to them. So I think they want to make sure that it is the best looking baby they possibly ever could make. Um, Kyle, what do you think before we head on out her? Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be something down the line. Um, definitely just making it even better than what it was before. And it, like you said, Steve, like that was, I'm a single player person. Yeah. That, that is mm-hmm. my main gaming forte. But factions kind of hooked me for a little bit because of how different yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what they add to it. What, how do they refine it? And 
and still keep that uniqueness yeah. about it. And if that means not try to shoehorn it into this already huge mm-hmm. game that's on two discs and the biggest game that Naughty Dog's ever mm-hmm. made, I'm totally yeah. okay yeah. with You know what they're going to do? They're going to make it part of PlayStation Now. And with that, that has been the Trophy <laughs> Room this week. But before we head on out, Kyle, what would you like to plug for us, sir? Well, before I go all Ellie and find and kill every last cricket, uh, you can find me at Ninja 73 on Twitter. Uh, my show all about the kind of funny community called Best Friends Talk Funny at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter as well. Listen to wherever you listen to podcast services. Uh, my kind of NYC podcast where we just talk about nerdy things is at Dollar Size Pod. Uh, but before we go, I said earlier, tomorrow's New York Comic Con. If you're there, you see me, come say hi. But more importantly, uh, PlayStation is there. And uh, I will be able, or hopefully, be able to play uh, Avengers and Iron Man VR. So that is my goal tomorrow. Uh, so next week on the show, I hopefully will be able to Ooh. talk about those two major games that we're both looking very, very... Get, get on that cool. line, ASAP, my man. Oh, it's not a line. It's all through the PlayStation Experience Ooh. app. So you book a time, you just got to make you sure you're there fight, as soon You got to find go all those nerds. And with that, Steve, what would you like to pimp out before you leave? You know, if I'm doing anything of value, which is which is very rare these days, you can. I'm usually talking about it on Twitter. It's at Steve Tilly, and you better spell Tilly with an E Y at the end, otherwise I will never speak to you. So at Steve Tilly is where you can find me. And if I'm doing something anything interesting, it's on there. But usually I'm not, so don't expect a lot. <laughs> I love it, Steve. I love it. With that, you can follow the show here at Bad Big Games on YouTube. Please give us a subscribe, a like, a share. We're growing like crazy. I love it. Thank you all for all your support. Remember, go over there each and every Thursday. It's there, the video version. You can find this show, though, on all podcast services around the globe, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever there's an RSS feed, you can find us there. And so with all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. I almost said have a nice one. No, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. I confused the ending. Have a nice one.